Calling all conscious achievers who are seeking more community and connection, I've got an invitation for you. Join me at this year's Summit of Greatness this September 7th through 9th in my hometown of Columbus, Ohio to unleash your true greatness. This is the one time a year that I gather the greatness community together in person for a powerful transformative weekend. People come from all over the world and you can expect to hear from inspiring speakers like Inky Johnson, Jaspreet Singh, Vanessa Van Edwards, Jen Sincero, and many more. You'll also be able to dance your heart out to live music, get your body moving with group workouts, and connect with others at our evening socials. So if you're ready to learn, heal, and grow alongside other incredible individuals in the greatness community, then you can learn more at lewishouse.com slash summit 2023. Make sure to grab your ticket, invite your friends, and I'll see you there. The number one question I get at my talks is what do you do when the people closest to you don't support your growth? And the main reason they don't support it is because you're killing off the person they love. I mean, think about that. Like you're changing who you are and they're comfortable with who you are and they feel that's their reality too is, is caught up in who you are being. So when you decide to change, you're killing off their buddy or their whatever and you're screwing up their reality because you fit into theirs. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these. But did you know that the U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut. If you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right, cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And there are no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. So many of us love coffee, like the living for it type of love. Some like it hot, some like it iced with a splash of creamer, and some like it with a cold foam topping. Many of us stop into coffee shops on our way to work more often than we'd like to admit. But now, thanks to International Delight Cold Foam Creamer, you can make cold foam coffee at home, or in my team's case, in the office, and it's a game changer. I was just chatting with a teammate of mine about our love for the occasional sweet treat coffee. Sometimes, it's just the thing you need as a pick-me-up on a busy day and we just stocked our office fridge with international delight cold foam creamer and it never misses the team's favorite flavor so far is the caramel macchiato you just shake the canister and spray it into your coffee and voila you've got an incredible cold foam coffee no frothing fancy machines or mess required international delight cold foam creamer foams and creams your coffee from top to bottom the best part it works on both hot and iced coffee it comes in three foaming delicious 
flavors, French vanilla, sweet and creamy, and caramel macchiato. So you can switch things up depending on your mood. Look for your favorite flavor next time you're at your grocery store and be prepared to say goodbye to your barista. International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. It's foaming delicious. And I wanted to start with uh, asking you a question about money and talking about money for a moment because, because I feel like a lot of people are in fear around money right now. They're scared. They're uncertain of what's going to happen with all these things in the world around money and inflation and crisis and all these different things. I'm curious, with all of your research and all of your feedback from your audience with your book about money, what do you feel like is the number one thing that holds people back emotionally and mentally around believing that they are deserving of making the money they want? About the deserving piece. Oh, wow. Um, well, first of all, I think that a lot of people think it's not okay. Like there's a real morality around making money. Really? Because think about it. We really focus on greed. And when you desire money, it's not the same as being greedy, but I think that we combine those two things. And so, of course, if you decide that you want to make money, it, you don't tell people. I remember like when I was on my path to like, get rich, people were grossed out. You know, really? it's not, I mean, I always compare it to like, if I was like, I'm going to lose a hundred pounds, people were like, go you. But you're like, I'm going to get rich. They're like, you're disgusting. Wow. You know, so there is a real judgment Why around it. Why is that? If someone's ambitious around making money and, and creating financial abundance for themselves, why yes. is that? I think because there is an implied um, morality piece where you're going to do things that are really bad for everybody involved. Like you're going to, money's the main goal. So you're, you'll, you'll do anything to get rich. I think there is this really weird perception of that. And I do think that, you know, the news definitely focuses on all the evil that people do to make money. And so, I mean, you know, that you rarely hear about people giving lots of money your way or doing right. wonderful things with money. It really right. is about how evil the rich are. Yeah. It's, it's more rare to hear. People are giving, but you don't hear about it though. Yeah. Much. Not so much. And it's also, here's the interesting thing, because we've also been taught to diminish our giving, like to not talk about our giving, right? to make it anonymous. Don't brag that you're giving. Where I actually have started to prescribe to Maybe talk 50% of the time about what you're giving and the other 50% of the time, it doesn't have to be, you know, you telling the world about it. But I think when you say, here's what I'm giving, it inspires other people to be generous in giving as well. Absolutely. And it doesn't have to be only money, but it can be your time, your energy, your resources in other way. But I think sharing about it sometimes empowers other people to be more generous as well. I agree. And it also takes away the stigma that you're an egomaniacal fathead and that you want like all the praise for being right. such a good guy. But, um, and, and why not? Like we talk about other good things we do. It's just money. You know, I've written about sex. I've studied religion. Money is by far the most loaded. The most loaded. Absolutely. It's the dirtiest topic. Really? I don't know why. And I don't, I, I really don't. I don't. It's interesting though. Like, did your parents talk to you about money? You know, I grew up. So a little bit. Yeah. A little bit, but, but there was stress around money. Right. Which caused it to feel more unsettling. So there was some conversation, but most of the conversation was stressful or their relationship wasn't peaceful. Right. So I was like, okay, well, if they're not peaceful, but they're working really hard and money is tied to working hard, then something must be off. Exactly. And it wasn't a money issue. It was just an emotional healing issue. Right. 
And that just happened to be mixed in with money. Yes. And so in your little brain, you yeah. put it attached to exactly. money makes stress. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. How, what was your perception of money before you started to make it versus when you started mm. to make it? Well, I grew up in a super waspy household. So, you know, we don't discuss money like it's, you know, dirty and uncouth. Mm. Um Never learned anything about it at all. Uh, and No education around it? Oh, no. Oh, my God, no. Like, nothing. And um, and so when I... So I was very um, of the mind that it wasn't cool to want to make money. You know, the unholy dollar. Like, I was a rock and roller. So I was, like, more about the art. Yes. And, um, and you're not going to sell yourself out. Exactly. Yeah. Selling out. Like, what a concept. Selling out basically means you're getting paid for doing what you love. Like, why <laughs> right. is that so bad, right? And then the whole starving artist crap and all that stuff. Yeah, and that rich people sucked and I was too cool to focus on money. I also believed I sucked at making it, which was the truth. Um, I also had a weird feeling that like I was it was almost like a different species. It's almost like me, there's me and then there's grown-ups, right? And I felt that way about money too. Like there's me and there's people who actually make like real money and have big houses and fancy cars and like do stuff like, but I was, I was like the child version of that, you know, always sitting at the kid table financially. And so it was a total identity shift that I had to go through where it was like that I could open myself up to like being somebody who could receive that kind of wealth. It was a real big shift for me. Do you think we have to go through an identity shift in order to see money differently and to be able to receive it differently? I think you do. Absolutely. That's a really great way to go at it. So yeah. what was your, you know, the key words around your identity with money when you didn't have much versus the key words that you would speak about within yourself or what money is once you started to unlock more money? Well, it wasn't necessarily around identity, my words, because I did have two very serious mantras. Um, but there was a lot of visualizing myself with money. And like I, I wrote about buying the Audi and you are a bad and like, I'm not the kind of person who drives an Audi. Are you kidding me? Like, and like almost feeling like this, the guy who is like test drove it with me would be like, get out of here. I know who you are. <laughs> you can't afford this. Yeah, exactly. Here. So, um, so, but my mantra is really like, and before I started making money, I said, I can't afford it to pretty much anything you could throw at me. My first words out of my mouth were, I can't afford it. And I, what are we doing when we're, we're saying that, whether it's true uh -huh. or not true? We are buying into an identity as somebody who can't afford stuff. We are also proving it. You know, what you speak, you want to prove because you want to be right. And it is sort of the foundation of your reality. So when I say I can't afford it a hundred times a day, I'm subconsciously pulling in proof. Like, look at the car I'm driving. I'm living in an alley. Like, I make this much money a year. I'm, I'm building all the foundational blocks to prove that I can't afford it. And that becomes my reality. And then that becomes my, I like to call it familiarity zone because comfort zones are not comfortable. Interesting. Right? So, so then I'm just proving it over and over and over and that becomes my reality. And then to shift out of that um, literally means to obliterate your reality and your identity, right? So that's it's why like I, an explosion. It it's is. like you have to have a like a death, an explosion, a, a bomb almost to go off. It does. And it's killing off your old identity. And this is why I'm going to totally go off on a segue here. But this is why like the number one question I get at my talks is what do you do when the people closest to you don't support your growth? And the main reason they don't support it is because you're killing off the person they love. 
Oh, man. I mean, think about that. Like you're changing who you are and they're comfortable with who you are and they feel that's their reality too is, is caught up in who you are being. So when you decide to change, you're killing off their buddy or their whatever and you're screwing up their reality because you fit into theirs. Wow. So it's really a thing. It's, it's so interesting. I was, I was telling someone on my team this a few weeks ago that in the different seasons of my life from... 18 until now, I have had all these amazing experiences from school to sports teams, to moving to new cities, to finding new groups and communities. And a lot of them I've outgrown in certain ways or just transitioned out of, maybe not outgrown, but just I've gone to do other things and continue to try to evolve. I'm not saying I'm better than, but I've continued to try to evolve and let go of the old me. And and some of them don't like it. And yeah. I lose friends totally. in the process of changing myself, reinventing yeah. myself, letting go of old behaviors and stepping into a different you know, identity. Yeah. And it's not easy yeah. to have communities that you love and people totally. you are familiar with and hanging out with that support you and you go to parties and do whatever activities and then all of a sudden they stop returning your calls. Yeah. And they stop texting you back. And you feel sad, hurt, you know, disappointed. Yeah. That you're trying to go somewhere and they don't support that. It's a right. scary time. Yeah, it is. It's very lonely. That's why it's lonely at the top. What what suggestions do you give to people then who are shifting their identity, stepping into a new reality for themselves, and their friends don't like it, their family doesn't like it, their communities don't like it, and they're telling them to, hey, come back and hang out with us. What's What do you say to them? Well, first of all, really make the decision, are you going to stay small and shrink just so that you can be around those people and make them comfortable? Or is your comfort more important and your growth more important? And also it doesn't serve them either. Like if you all stay at the same low level, because not everybody ditches you. There are some people that are just like, oh my God, you inspire the crap out of me. I'm going to do it too. It's true. Right? So focus. it's all where you place your focus, right? And then also focus on who you're going to meet now that you're getting big. Right. Right. Those exciting, inspiring people who are turned on by the same things you are, who are doing the same things you are. Like, it's all about where you put your focus. And you can only, I mean, I really only have maybe five to seven close friends that I can actually spend meaningful time with outside of my girlfriend, which I spend a lot of time with, mm -hmm. outside of my team, which yeah. I'm spending time with during the day. Yeah. There's only so many nights and weekends that yeah. I can spend quality time with people. Yeah. And you may need to open up space to invite in people that are at a, at a, I don't know, an awareness or a support or a level of thinking mm -hmm. that you want to be at as well. Right. Um, to, to create that time and connection with. So right. it's, it's scary though. If it's not scary, you're doing something wrong though, right? <laughs> That's true. So how old were you when, when things started to shift psychologically, mentally, and emotionally? Yeah. And did you create a bomb? Was it more of a slow breakthrough for you in shifting this identity and this old skin? Yeah, yeah, I was 40. It was in my 40s, wow. yeah. You know, I really struggled and suffered for way too long. I mean, don't get me wrong, I had a fun life. Like I was going on road trips and I was in a band and I was doing all the things I wanted to do, but financially I was just so stuck and stubborn in my thinking, you know? And so that's actually how I finally picked up a self-help book. Like I was, I mean, self-help was as ugly as making money was for me. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I was really scared. I'd die and they'd find him in my house because I was too cool. 
And, uh, and that's when I was just like, I have got to do something. And um, that's when I started reading them when I was sort of end of my 30s, beginning of my 40s. But it was in my 40s that I hired my first life coach and went totally into debt for it, like put it on my credit card, called her and begged her for the money back. And luckily she was a great coach. She's like, that could be the most important money you ever spend. Wow. And then I was like front row doing every single, single thing she said. And luckily she was an excellent coach and I tripled my income in like three months. And wow. And then once things, once I saw myself do that, then I was like, okay, this works, this works. And then I was just a straight A student just doing all the things. You just kept showing up. Oh, I kept doubling my rates and wow. kept cold calling and doing all the stuff that I was just like, but, but it was so cool at the same time. Like it was so fun because one of the things about being stuck is that life force that's going through all of us, right? Like it was about the money, but it wasn't about, it was about the money. Money is great. I don't want to, you know, I love having money. It's so, it's just freedom and options, right? Money is just freedom and options and who does not want that all day long. But also it was about the life force that, that I knew I could be doing better. I, there was just so much Jensen Chero that wanted to like mm. go shine basically, right? And, and I was blocking it off. I could just feel it. So it was just this clogging and this like frustration that once I hired the coach, like I was, I was in the game and I was, I was playing and I was taking risks and I was doing stuff I'd never done before. And it was so exciting. It was wow. so alive. You know, it's a life force. Mm. Money is currency and currency is energy. And that energy is a life force. Mm. And when, when you were feeling stuck financially and around money, was it more of a thinking or a feeling mm. in your body and an emotional connection to it? Or was it both? Both. Definitely both. So, what was the thought and what was the feeling tied to it? Mm, the thought was, I am never going to get out of this. I'm 40. I'm living in a garage in an alley. I've never been able to make money. It's just not something I personally can ever do. Um, and then more subconsciously, I, you know, lots of things subconsciously, but, you know, it's not okay to do it. I discovered that I had a really, the biggest block for me was if I get really rich, I will, um, my father, who wasn't able to show love very comfortably, would always give me a 20 or... And that was, was his like, way of... Yep. And I was like, if I get rich, I don't need dad anymore. Oh, wow. And it's like putting a knife in his heart. Oh, my goodness. That one blew everything open for me when I realized that. And... um. And so, yeah, so those were the things, but it was really hopelessness, just like frustration and hopelessness, like, how am I ever going to get out of this? And then, and then I guess the, you know, the feeling was hopelessness, despair, sadness, anger, frustration. Resentment. Yeah, resentment. Yeah. yeah everything. Now, did you resent people with money back then? Was it like, oh, the, you know, yeah. through them, they're entitled or they're this or whatever. Anybody who talked about it, I was really resentful of. Yes, I was like, oh, shut up. I'm talking about Yeah, 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 yeah. And what happens if we don't speak about money in a healthy way? We perpetuate it as being the big boogeyman. Mm. Yeah, and and I think anything that's hush hush has you know, and, and I do. I relate it to sex all the time. Like we're all supposed to be really good at sex, but you're never allowed to talk about it, and you certainly don't learn about it. You know, so it's like this weird. Mm mysterious dirty thing it really is i mean it's dirty money is dirty you know i don't want your dirty money like you know what i mean <laughs> and like, it's dirty until you not, don't make it dirty right exactly until you change it exactly so just by like airing it out and talking about it yeah. and being joyful about it and talking about what you do with it joyfully and 
sharing it and making it and being happy that you made it and not, you know, it's so not a big deal. And it's like, we all need it. You know, it's so funny. I always think like, you know, if I told the average person, like, I'm going to give you 10,000 bucks, they'd be like, sweet. And then, you know, but talking about like, how do you feel about rich people? How do you feel about people who make tons and tons of money? And the disparity, you know, the difference between that, like you want it, but there's still dirtiness around it, which is why I put in two of my books to write that letter to money because it's a really interesting exercise. You wrote like a love letter to money. Yeah. You just write a letter uh, to money as if it's a person almost. So it's like, I love you. I wish I had more of you, but I don't trust you. And I feel like a dirty for even saying that. And, you know, all so all the all the things. And then you can see what you got going on. This is a topic that I've been fascinated about for decades because I didn't have money at one point. Also, I was living on my sister's couch for a year and a half. Um, I couldn't pay for the rent. I didn't buy food. I was just like living off of her for a year and a half when I was recovering from a surgery, uh, a, a wrist that I broke playing football. And I was afraid of it. My father also got into a pretty um, bad car accident a year prior to me getting injured where he was kind of that like lifeline for me where he'd give me a hundred bucks when I needed it and paid for things and just said, hey, you know, go live your dreams. And when you're done, we'll, we'll figure out what you're going to do with the job. Right. He got in a car accident. He had extreme head trauma, was in a coma for three months. My God. Ended up surviving, but wasn't able to work anymore. So he was physically alive, emotionally and mentally kind of not here. Wow. So he, he passed a year ago, but it was 17 years of him struggling, right, to try to recover. So I had this, you know, father backup to support me financially in a sense. I mean, just to give me a 20 or 100 bucks here and there. Mm-hmm. And he was no longer able to do that. Wow. So I remember being fascinated by this conversation 20 years ago because I was like, I don't understand it. I don't know how to make it. Um, I don't know why anyone would give me money. You know, where does my value come from? Like, yes. how am I going to ask someone for money when I don't even know what skills or values I have? Right, right, right. And early on, I started to learn from these, you know, mentors and coaches teaching me about money. And one of them was around the way we speak about money. Because if we are essentially saying this is bad and evil or I'm not good enough for this, then why would that thing come to us if we think it's bad and evil? We're going to be rejecting it. Or if we don't think we're deserving of it, why would we receive it? Why would we bring it into us? Right. And so I had to really shift this conversation, you know, 20 years ago around money and do what you talk about, which is just having more open conversations. Not talking about it like it's this hush-hush thing, but just being more open and conversational and not being so emotionally like heightened when you talk about it and learn from a peaceful place of talking about it. So I love that you have this write a letter to money. Yeah. And, and really, I tell people, like, if you want your money to appreciate, you must appreciate it. Exactly. Yeah. And treat it like you're the greatest lover of your life. Right. Yes. Treat it like if you want your partner to be investing in you and to be giving you words of affirmation and a physical touch and like gifts. If you want all these love languages, then you've got to pour into and appreciate the partner you're with. Absolutely. Tell them how grateful you are every day. Tell them what you love about them, what, what you see in them. And when you appreciate a person, like you said, or if you appreciate money, it can appreciate in value and, and come yeah. to you in return. Absolutely. It's energy. And it really, that like money is currency and currency is energy. Like, like, I had to hear it like 6,000 times before I really got that money 
is energy. It's a frequency. Quaker has been a trusted name in breakfast for over 145 years, which is crazy to think about because that means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, and the ballpoint pen. And while clearly a lot of things have changed since 1877, some things have stayed the same, like the great taste and quality of Quaker oats. I mean, I think we all grew up with Quaker in our household. Quaker has something for everyone, like old-fashioned and quick oats, great for cooking and baking, or instant oatmeal in different forms flavors and varieties, one of my faves for a quick breakfast. And whether it's lower sugar or added protein or fiber, Quaker Oats can satisfy the whole family. There's even Quaker Fruit Fusion with real fruit pieces, added vitamins, and no artificial colors for a bold start to a bold morning. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats in your local grocery store. My career not only requires me to travel, but also gives me the freedom to. Traveling has brought me so many positive experiences and memories. Like that time I spent the holidays at an Airbnb in Big Bear with some of my extended family, and it was the perfect way to come together and connect with my family that I don't see that often. If you have a similar setup that allows you to travel often, have you ever thought about your empty home while you're gone? More specifically, how you can make some extra money by keeping your home occupied while you're out of town. I'm a big advocate for setting up a side hustle to give you an extra stream of income and Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start. Many people host on Airbnb, including some friends of mine, but there are some people out there who've never even realized their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you've got yourself an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com host. Isn't it obnoxious when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print or bills that seem to go up for no dang reason? Like when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying even more than you would have elsewhere? At Metro by T-Mobile, there's nada yada yada. That means no contracts, no price hikes, no surprises. They don't even want me to speed through the legal, so here it is. When they say no price hikes when you join, they mean your price will never increase for talk, text, and smartphone data plans. Their only exclusions are for limited time promos, per use charges, and third-party services. I guess that really is nada yada yada. At Metro by T-Mobile. Nada yada yada. So when you raise your frequency and get into alignment with it, and that whole alignment thing is all about none of the limiting beliefs, just just being in surrender mm -hmm. and in alignment and having it flow. And so at the beginning, you asked me what my mom, you know, what my words were. So at first it was, I can't afford it. And then I eventually went to money flows to me easily and freely. And this is still while I was living in the garage, still while I was, you know, so in debt. But I had started doing all the energy work around it. And I was like, all right, what are my blocks? Like when, when you write a new mantra, it's all about like really feel like the letter to money, like what just kept coming up and it, that, that I was stuck and that it was hard and that I didn't know what I was doing. So there was like hard and stuck and confusion. So flowing easily and freely was just like, yeah, even though I did not believe it at first, like it wasn't about believing it. It was about the feeling because we are emotional creatures and, you know, that emotion, the frequency of emotions was, um, you know, the flowing, the easily and freely flowing was really 
really powerful for me. So now when you write a statement or a mantra that you're wanting to step into, but you don't believe it yet, mm -hmm. is that lying to yourself or how do we overcome this thing that, okay, this is what I want and this is what I'm stepping into and the feelings I want to experience, but I don't have it yet. I don't, I don't, and that's not actually true yet. Okay. I'm just going to say if you are not successful at what you want to be successful for and you're feeling stuck, you're already lying to yourself because you're buying into the identity that is not in the flow. So that's the lie. So money flowing to me easily and freely because I live in an abundant universe and I'm a, a creature who receives, that is the truth. So even though the identity that I'm in is not believing it yet, it doesn't matter. What matters is that I'm feeling it. For, so I always tell people, like, you don't have to believe it at first, like, but you have to feel it. So that's why what the words make you feel like are the most important part about it. So ease and free and flow was the most important part of that. Do you feel like, okay, you said you were around 40 years young when this kind of happened. Was there something in your life that was like, I'm just sick and tired of feeling this way after two decades or... Like, I just want to see what's possible for me in this next decade. Was there something around that time that made you say, all right, this hasn't worked for 40 years of my life. Yeah. Now I want to try something different. You know, I think it was, there really wasn't like, I didn't almost get hit by a bus or, you know, I just, I, first of all, it's so boring being broke. Like you can't do anything, right? <laughs> really, you can't do anything. So and, and I think it was just sort of a, it's almost like I ripened, you know, it's almost like how many times do you hear something before it's the aha moment? You know, why does that suddenly happen? I think you just finally are in a place where you can hear it for some reason. So I'd started reading the self-help books and I was really into it. And, you know, I made a bunch of half attempts at like getting my act together. But I think it was just I think I just ripened and then I, I made the decision. Like, I think really living in, and, and it was like a one car garage. Like it was small. <laughs> and I think after a little while of that, I, I was I, like, I'm sick and tired of this. On, yeah. I am 40 years old. You know, I can do better than this. Right, right. And so I think I was just so sick of myself. So. My, my friend Dean Graciosi says, we pay attention to what we pay for. Do you think you making this investment in a coach made you pay attention more mm -hmm. to, okay, now I got to make my money back and I'm going to make more than my money back. So I'm going to focus. I'm going to do all the painful things that she tells me to do. And I'm going to be the best student I can be. Is that what your thought was because you invested? Definitely. And I will say though, is I've had clients pay me lots of money and not do a damn thing. So it's not a guarantee. So that is part of it for sure. Because I've also given like free coaching sessions to my friends and it's like the biggest waste of all of our time. Right. But um, so I do think that the exchange of money is very, very real. But I think more importantly, your attitude and the decision. It's is, deciding. Is, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you can decide to invest, but you're still not committed to taking the action and doing whatever it takes. Absolutely. And I've gotten been given things for free, especially at that time in my life. Like anything I could get my hands on, I was a straight A student. So the money did have something to do with it, but I was ready. But you were also committed in free I was pay, so whatever. Ready. Yeah. No, I was. Uh, you were all in. Oh, my God. And before yeah. you weren't committed. Yes. Because exactly. you had the emotional blocks that were just half. Yeah. And so I do think it was that sort of, it's sort of like the water hitting the rock and then it's the Grand Canyon, you know, like reading the self-help books. Like I did, I had started that a couple of years before the garage. So I was sort of priming myself. And then finally I was just like, 
I'll do I'm anything. In. Let's like, do this. Hit me, yeah. What was the book that really mm. inspired you the most? The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace Waddles. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, not only because it's like this big because I'm super impatient, but I mean, it's super cryptic. It's like, it's all about the universe being a thinking stuff. And when you impress your thoughts into the thinking stuff, it becomes real and material world. And I just, I just, it really, really, really spoke to me. I've read it hundreds of times. Really? Yes. Yeah. What was the biggest takeaway from that book? Oh, so happy you asked because I talk about this line all the time is to think what you want to think is to think the truth regardless of appearances. So this is everything, right? So mindset is everything. So regardless of appearances, regardless of the fact that I'm living in a garage, in an alley, driving a car with no grill, like those are the appearances, but to think what you want. And I think the want is so key too, because that's your, that's your authenticity. That's not like thinking what other people think you should do and how you should live your life. To think what you want, the purpose that you were put on planet earth to live out, that's the truth. That is the truth. So your desires are the truth not what's physically around you. Wow. So how do we know that we are in harmony and congruency with our desires? That it's for something not just selfish and self-serving by itself or ego-driven, but more, I don't know, driven by something greater. You know, because if someone says, well, I want to make a lot of money or I want to make $100,000 in a year or 500000 or whatever it is, or millions, how do we line up our desires with our authentic selves so that we don't hurt ourselves in the process of making money or it become overwhelming, daunting, or draining? I think you always come back to, is it fun? Does it give me energy or deplete my energy? And does it have meaning? Those are the three things that I'm really living my life by these days. And uh, I think that if you're in alignment with those three things, and other things, certainly, but those are sort of my big three. Is it fun? Does it give me energy? And does it give me meaning? Yeah. And is it meaningful? Yeah. Is it meaningful? Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And where were you at 39, doing things that weren't <laughs> fun, <laughs> that drained your energy, and they yeah. didn't give me meaning? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I was a freelance writer, hustling my butt off. And then, like, when I really did the math, I was like, the amount of time I spent hustling for this gig, and they don't pay that well, like magazine articles, come on. I was making, like, I was probably losing money, quite frankly. <laughs> so um yeah no there was there was none of that it was not fun it was exhausting it had some meaning but you got to get all three you yeah. know yeah. yeah or at least start working towards it because yeah you may not be able to at this yes. season but you got to focus on it can i can i get one can i get one and is it leading in the direction the of something thing. that is fun that is going to yes. give me energy and has meaning because you're right like when you're building a company or when you're doing something like it is exhausting and but if it's still exciting and fun and has meaning then yeah, yeah, it doesn't get to be a picnic all the time. When was the biggest aha moment for you then? Like, was it after you made a certain amount of money mm. or a client paid you something? Or was it just the feeling you had, like releasing all of it in the process of working? Like, when was that moment where you're like, I'm actually emotionally and mentally free around the idea of money? Oh, interesting. Um, Maybe I'm not... No, I will money. tell you, no, I actually did. And I did put it in You Are a Badass. I put it in one of them. It was when I, I had, oh my God, it was such a cool moment. So because money is currency and currency is energy, right? So we're really going to get woo woo with the money, like, like really it. shifting the mindset around money. And I, and 
bring me back to my story if I go off on a tangent, because I'm about to go on a, off on a tangent. I want to remember, but I... Um, money is currency and currency is energy. Yes. Money is currency, currency is energy. And I've had so many clients that have told me, and it's happened to me too, where they manifest when they get into the meditation and they start to raise their frequency yes. and they focus on the amount, the exact amount comes in from outer space that you didn't even think of. And so my story is around that where I was working with my coach and we were really going to shift my money reality. And so she's like, you know, what amount of money would be really great for you to make right now? Like what would have a lot of meaning? And I was like, $10,000 because I'm $10,000 in debt on my credit card and I hate being in debt. She's like, perfect. And so she's like, okay, so how soon are you going to make it? And she goes, you know, like about a week, two weeks. Cause I, you know, and I was at the time making like 30 grand a year. And I was like, my God, if I made 10,000 in a week, that'd be incredible. And I was like, but you know what? I got to do it in two days. Cause I know myself and I won't keep myself in that frequency. Like I'll lose steam and I'll decide that like, yeah, it's not, I, I can't do it or whatever. Like I knew that the stuff would start creeping back in. So I was like, all right, 10 grand in two days. She's like, great. Okay. So how are you going to do it? And at the time I had this little online coaching business that I had just started coaching writers and I said, I'll get three private clients, blah, 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 blah. So then we're, you know, putting all the pieces in place. And then she's like, okay. And is there anything else? And I was like, well, you know, there was this guy that I was coaching years ago. He was my first private client. I was charging him like 50 bucks an hour. And I was like, I could also call him and see if he wants to work with me again. And she's like, okay, great. And we're still on the phone and I check my email and he has written me. I have Come not on. thought of this man or communicated with him in years. Email, he's like, you know, are you still coaching? Can you help me? When can we start? Wow. And so she's like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to put together a $10,000 package for him and you're going to sell it to him right now. And Holy cow. I know. And I was like, $10,000. Like, I was charging him 50 bucks an hour. I was, and I really adore him. He's Not such right. a special person. And I was like, felt like, you know, a greedy pig, blah, 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 all the things, fraud complex, gigantic. Imposter syndrome. Oh, beyond, beyond. And so we, she's like, and what we'll do is we'll put together a $15,000 package and a 10 so that the 10 looks cheap. And I was like, I can't do 15. She's like, all right, 12. Pain in my ass. So did a 12, sent it to him and literally wanted to throw up. I was just like, if he, because I, I really cared about this guy. He bought the 12. Holy cow. I know. I <laughs> You're like, you're like, I should have made it 15. I know, exactly. I know. Well, here's the thing, you know, it's not like you were charging him 12000 an hour. Obviously, you created yeah. the positioning sure. and the packaging of services that would over-deliver, that would serve him oh, in a big yeah. way. I worked with him for five years after that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's not like, I'm just going to charge some number oh, and yeah. then give very little. Oh, no. You made sure that the value was there. Totally. How did you learn to package and position your value to be able to charge for what you wanted? My coach helped me put it all together, but then I had to rise to that frequency. And I'll tell you, you know, when you're charging something that scares a lot of you, you show up with your A plus game. Like, and he did too. Like it was a lot for him too. We knocked it out of the park. Because you pay well, attention to what you pay for. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah, totally. You'll rise to the occasion. Like I got to focus. Yes. I got yeah. to show up on time. Oh I got to deliver God. the results on time. I Absolutely. Give my best here. Yep. Interesting. So now here's, I'm curious about the next thing. Was that everything to the story first off? I want to make well, sure I get yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. Money is currency and currency is energy. I'm curious about the next thing. Um, so once this happened and you sold a $12,000 package and you were like, this is crazy and this is more money than I've ever made in my life essentially and in two days, did you fall back at any point or did you stay focused? Oh, interesting. Because um, sometimes oh, people sure. get an opportunity and they get excited and then 
Well, I tried it again and it didn't work. So maybe this is a fluke. Maybe this is a one time. And right. the thermometer goes back Very down common. to what they're comfortable or familiar with. Very common. Very common. I did not, but only because I continued to get coaching. I And I got bigger and bigger and bigger packages. I mean, I was paying six figures by the end. hundred grand for like a year of coaching? Mm-hmm. Or? Wow. Mm-hmm. So I just, because I knew myself, I was like, I am rickety in this whole sort of right. wealth consciousness department. So I knew that I had, it's like getting a personal trainer, right? So- I just kept investing in the coaching and now now I'm good, but I do still have to work at it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's different levels. It's different levels, you know? And you feel comfortable at this level, but if you want to break through. Exactly. exactly. You do something you've never done. It right. means you've got to have a different frequency still, right? Exactly. You get, you know, yep. Oh, there's always more growth to be had. Do you feel like you're kind of at like a block right now? Because again, you've sold, you know, I don't know, five or 10 million copies of your books. You've got coaching program. You've got all these core like success financial freedom, all these different things. But is there like a, a level you've reached that you feel like, okay, well, can I break through this? This is so much now and I feel you know, abundant, but could you break through? If I want, if I could decide what I want the next thing to be yet, I'm still in that sort of Clarity, incubation yeah. period of like, what would be fun, give me energy and have meaning. I'm getting there. Like, I definitely feel like I'm getting there and I'm doing a lot of things that meet those requirements in the meantime, but it's not the big... What's your, biggest, what's your biggest fear or insecurity around money right now? That I don't know what to do with it when I make it. Like, I'm good at making it. My bookkeeper called me one day and she's like, would you please just open a savings account at your bank? Because I had like a million dollars in my checking account. This was a while ago. I finally got my act. So you know, <laughs> I've hired financial plan. Like I've hired people who have grown up so you know what they're sure, doing sure. with money. But like. I'm teaching myself about it, but I find it boring. I find investing boring and confusing and out of my league. So luckily, there are amazing people who know what they're doing. So I have finally gotten that team together. Gotcha. Um, And there is a little tiny part of me, if I gave it any attention, that is a little scared it's all going to go away. Really? Yeah. But I don't, I'm not, it's not that bad. And I probably should not even speak it out loud. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, you're being being honest about it, I think. There's one thing about speaking it out loud so it doesn't happen, but another thing about saying it so it doesn't have power over you. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, okay. it's like we'll if you're afraid version. of it, <laughs> like you're afraid to have the conversation around money. Yeah. I, I'm all a believer, like don't speak into something in existence you don't want to happen. But yeah. I think, you know, when I started talking about my fears and my shame and my insecurity, yeah. it actually felt like the poison was coming out of me. And now I can see it outside of me or I could have a conversation with it as opposed to it being in me and right. afraid to talk about. Right. And then I could have, get coaching about it. Right. And then I could, okay, right. let me create a game plan. Okay, well, I'm afraid of it, but now I have a coach to help me, you know, invest it the right way and whatever I need to do. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. As opposed to ignoring it and just, I hope yeah. I don't lose it, but I don't want to speak about it. Right. That's a good point. That is a good point. Okay, I'll tell you another one. <laughs> what's the, what's the other one? We're airing out what's my the laundry. The, the other one is that I'm going to make too much of it and I won't, and it is, it's kind of like the same as the first one, but I won't know what to do with it. Like I'm scared of it coming in too fast and too much because it's going to bury me alive almost. Yeah, I oh. know, I know. And Holy so this cow. is why, so I- Bury me alive. Kind of, yes. Why would it bury, why would money bury you alive? Just tell you what I... Well, this yeah. is the interesting thing, Jen. I think it's powerful that you're talking about this because there's different levels of insecurities or fears mm-hmm. at the stages of money we make. And when I was broke on my sister's couch, I had a, a lot of fear and un- insecurity and uncertainty of the future. Mm-hmm. And then I remember one day I made $6,200 in an hour 
doing like a live webinar selling a, a program. This is in 2009. Okay. Before there was like courses and webinars, all this stuff. Yeah. And I go, I'm the richest man in the world with $6,200. Mm -hmm. Now I had to split that with the person who promoted this, this training for me, but I still felt like $3,100 in an hour. I go, I could do this every day for the rest of my life, right? Because yeah. I was sleeping on my sister's couch. Yeah. But there was still, I never made six figures. And so there was still a challenge, like, how do I do this? And how do I manage it? And I understand it. And now taxes, what? All my money's gone from, uh -huh. I just made money. Now it's, I have zero again in this fear of like this tax thing. And then you get to the next level, the next level, the next level. And I just think there's different challenges or things we get to overcome at every level of money as well. Sure. Yes. You know what new I mean? Level new de devil, right? Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so one of the fears is, will the money bury me alive? Yeah. Why do you think that is? Oh, like, gosh, why do I think that is? I think it's my insecurity about not knowing what to do with it. You know, when I had when I had very little of it, I could manage it, right? That was easy. And then as I started getting more and more, and so I do have pieces in place, but I've opened, uh, I've hired um, a new financial team. So I can make like build the nest and it will come because I was like, if I don't take care of this, I will literally block it. I will energetically block it if I'm scared of it coming in and think it's going to bury me alive. Like that is not a abundant mindset, you know? Sure. So, yeah. So I um, I just created the nest. So now bring it on, universe. Right, right. Yeah. So now you can... You have you have a, a foundation for it to come in. Yeah, yeah. So it's not scary anymore because I know where it's going to go. Yeah, but I realized that I was just like, wow, I am kind of scared of it coming in too much. I know it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's fascinating. I think we all get to experience at different levels how to break through. Otherwise, yeah. it wouldn't it be interesting if it was just I don't know. There's no obstacle. It'd be like, you know. yeah. What do you think are the key things? that abundant mindset people around money do differently than scarcity mindset mm. people around money. If you had to say three or five kind of key things. You can claim victory in sports, on the job site, even on your taxes by switching to H&R Block. Block offers many ways to file to fit your schedule. A 100% accurate return on your max refund or your money back. Plus, you'll always know the price of your tax prep before you begin. Switch today and feel like a tax champion. This tax season, it's better with Block. Make an appointment at hrblock.com. Disclaimer, all tax situations are different. Not everyone gets a refund. Limitations apply. Description of benefits and details at hrblock.com slash guarantees. You can't always trust your gut. Like those times when it tells you to have that extra piece of cake or when it tells you to skip your morning routine and sleep in another hour. Probiotics can't help with most of your gut decisions, but if your gut needs a little support, Ritual has your back. They made a three-in-one supplement with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support a balanced gut microbiome. Ritual invested in a study modeling the human colon, which showed their Symbiotic Plus significantly increased microbial diversity and the the growth of beneficial bacteria. Rigorously tested and validated by a third party for allergens, microbes, and heavy metals, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO, project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. Personally, I love Ritual's Symbiotic Plus because it keeps my gut feeling balanced and it's super convenient. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 20% off your first month for a limited time at Ritual.com. Dot com slash greatness. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's Ritual.com slash greatness for 20% off. 
they appreciate it, as you said. That that is a biggie. They appreciate it and they speak about it as they love it. They're not weird about it. They're also generous with it because when you pinch yourself off from giving, you that is sort of a subconscious way of saying there's not enough to go around and it's not going to. I'm not in the flow. So when you don't give generously, it's because you're scared that it's not going to come in anymore. Um, they take risks. You know, you got to take risks. You are where you are because you've been doing what you've been doing. So if you want to change your life, you've got to do stuff you've never done. Um, what else? Wealthy people. They learn about money. Like you you focus on money. Like that was such a big thing for me too. Like when I was broke, I, I never wanted to think about money, right? I was all about writing songs and, you know, doing much, you know, more noble things. Sure, sure. But then, but when you're broke all you think about is money. Like, I don't really think about money that much now that I have it. Like, but every single decision you make when you're broke is about- Do I have enough to pay for this? Exactly. Can I afford it? What happens if I don't have- Right. You wake up in the first thing in the morning in a panic because you got to pay your bills. So you're always thinking about money. So it is really just sort of getting in the flow with that and just, you know, being on good terms with it and, and focusing on it. And, and, you know, how are you going to make it? Like being realistic about your income streams and, you know, and- if you want to make it, you've got to coax it in, you right, know, give right. it. Yeah. I'm curious about this. Okay. You, you're a starving artist. You wanted to do noble things, which about art and making art and all these different things. What would have happened if someone was said, Jen, you know what? I love that you're an artist. I love that you have this, you know, passion for art and you want to keep doing this. And this is where you've been for 40 years and we don't want you to change here's a hundred grand a year for the rest of your life. Don't worry about money up to a hundred grand. Uh -huh. What would that have done to you if someone would have given you a hundred grand a year and you would have just been like, okay, I'm going to write and do whatever I want. And how do you think it would have been mentally, emotionally, spiritually wow. versus you having to risk emotionally, mentally, yeah. you, you getting to heal, let go, overcome. Right challenge yourself into asking for money and to becoming something greater than that limiting belief what do you think where do you think it'd be now probably would have spent it on beer honestly back in those days really? yeah yeah i mean i wasn't you you're absolutely right it's an it's an it's a frequency you know it's like it's like uh i don't know i mean i always i always had i guess i'm gonna say gall that's not the right word but i did i did do a lot of stuff that was pretty edgy and i i pushed the envelope a lot so i may have gotten there but i don't think it would have been as exciting as it was to do it myself you know there really is you do grow and they they say you know starting your own business is the best personal development course you can possibly <laughs> take because all your stuff comes up right all of it so relationship I, training is leadership training is inner child training everything everything yeah. every totally, button is pushed totally so so it wouldn't have been as satisfying yeah, i don't think i think i still would have done it though because that is kind of my personality when i'm ready to change i'm ready to change and i do yeah, it yeah so but i think it wouldn't have been as glorious and i'm definitely i probably wouldn't have written you are a bat which totally changed my entire life so it, it changed yours but also changed other people's lives yes so it's who you become the lessons you learn the wisdom you have yes to then, then be able to be of service and teach yeah from your own experience exactly yeah the book about me getting 100 grand a year just for being would not be that interesting to people <laughs> right yeah right that's interesting yeah what is the question you get asked by your readers the most that you wish they truly 
could hear and believe the answer to. Mm. Oh, so many. Well, the one that I said about what do you do when the people closest to you don't support you. Another one is how do you keep the motivation? Like, you know, we go to these seminars, we read books, we listen to the podcast, and we're all raring to go, and then... A month later, you go back in your old Exactly, patterns. yeah. So, so how do you stay motivated yeah. on your vision and on your growth journey? Yeah. Well, I call it going to the spiritual gym, and you've got to have a spiritual gym practice because you do not get to work out physically and then stop going to the gym once you're in shape. So just because you got in shape at the seminar or listen to the podcast or whatever, you don't get to stop doing stuff. So, and it doesn't, and you know, everybody's like, oh, I'm going to work so hard to start my business. I don't want to do anything. <laughs> so it's like, it can be 20 minutes. You know, you working out for 20 minutes a day can do a lot of great things. So it's like, Spiritual gym workout, meditate for 15, read a self-help book for five. Like, what music are you listening to? Who are you hanging out with? What makes you feel like you could flip over a car? Like, what are those things? And do them every single solitary day for 20 minutes. It's not that big a whoop-de-doo. You know, when you think about that it's going to change your entire life, you know? So, and take it as seriously as anything else because that work will make everything else that you're taking seriously and trying to achieve so much easier and you know, I'm giving a lot of talks right now. And the and the thing that I'm just so excited, and I'm so excited to be speaking right now, too, because it reminds me, it's my spiritual gym, right? Like, we all need it. So, but the thing about, because we are spiritual creatures having a physical experience, right? And if you, and like, instead of just giving it lip service and talking, yeah, 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 I know that. But think about it. We are the universal intelligence that created everything that is. We are, our thoughts, our universal intelligence, the stuff that created everything that is. Why are we not more stuck up? Why are we not feeling so powerful all of the time? If we're really going to believe it, if we're really going to go steroids on woo-woo and, and go there and really, like, if you thought about that all day long, about your thoughts being you know, when you're in alignment, not the, the garbage thoughts that you think, but when you get quiet and you tap into your inner yippee skippy, as I like to call it, and you're there and you're in the flow, it's like, it's so exciting, right? Instead of spinning out on how pissed off you are yes. at somebody or freaking out about this. Or judging people. Or judging whatever, people, gossip, what we yeah. do all the time, right? If you can just catch yourself, and that's why awareness is the key to transformation, right? So you just catch yourself. When you're in the spins and and this is why meditation is so important because it gets you into the habit of catching yourself right because you're trying to stay clear so so it's not just about catching yourself in meditation and moving the thoughts away meditation is practice for doing it all day long so catching yourself and be like ah, i'm gonna tap back into universal intelligence the stuff that created all that is so and then just going from there if you could um reflect on you are bad which when i read it it, it gave me like this jolt of energy because I was like, this is exactly what I want to talk about consistently. You know, I had, I had, uh, the school of greatness, I think had come out for maybe, I don't know. I think I read your book maybe a year after I started, I saw it on the shelves, but I, but I ended up getting it maybe a year after I started the show. And I was like, this is amazing. I'm so glad you're talking about this because it's everything that I believed in and everything I wanted to continue to express in my own way. If you could reflect on one idea from that book, Mm. And you can only share one idea. Oh, you're so mean, man. All right. That you believe is the thesis of the book mm. that you want people to remember and remember a concept, a phrase, an idea from it. What would that be for you? 
well, kind of what I just said, but since I just said it, I'm going to use my point for another (laughs) one. My one thing I get to say. I really believe that if we all did something that scared us every single solitary day, our lives would change so quickly we wouldn't know what hit us, right? Let's go, Jeff. And scary in that like terror-citement way, like terror excitement. Like you don't have to like run into traffic, you know, but something that's like in the direction of where you want to go that scares you because fear is the sign. It's the compass that you're getting outside of the familiarity zone. So true. Right? So if you just take those steps outside and just do the scary thing every day, every day. Wow. Cause that's, that's really when I was making all of my huge financial transformations, it was always, you know, my coach would always tell me something. I'd be like, totally didn't want to do it, but I knew if I did it, it would transform my life. And it was exciting. You know, it was like leaping into the void, just like, Whoa. yeah. And that's I love the that. sign. Yeah. I have this concept in, in my latest book, the greatest mindset called creating your fear list. If you want to become Ooh. fearless, you've got to create a fear list. That's brilliant. And really go all in on this. This is something I did as a teenager in my 20s and my 30s at different seasons of life. I was like, what is the thing that makes me feel so insecure right now? I had a lot of false confidence. Oh, I love that. You know, I was like uh-huh. this jockey ego, like I'm big and tough and I'm an athlete and I can dominate on the sports field. But then I couldn't talk to girls without being, you know, sweating and being terrified. Yeah. Or I couldn't dance or sing in public without being like humiliated or I, you know, whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't speak in public also. So all these things I wrote on my fear list in my 20s after I broke my wrist and was on my sister's couch, I was like, I'm already humiliated. I have no money. I'm living in my sister's place for a year and a half. Um, you know, my dad just went through this thing that I don't have him really in my life anymore. I, my My passion, my dreams are gone. So I have, what do I do now? Let me just conquer all my fears. And it was the greatest gift I gave myself because it gave me so much belief and confidence in me every time I would just get a little bit better in my fears. It's not like I had to like overcome it all in a day. Yeah. But I just saw saw a little bit of progress every day and practicing my fears, public speaking, a little bit every week. I was like a little less nervous, a little more confident, a little more skill every week over a year's time. Where I was like, man, I'm a powerful human being. I can do anything now. Let me figure out the next fear. And just kept repeating it. And and I'm still in that now. Like I'm I'm trying to learn Spanish and I still get insecure like speaking Spanish. I'm still like a beginner, but it's like I gotta keep practicing and a little bit of growth every day, a little bit better, you know. I don't have to be fluent overnight, but what am I overcoming? Just little by little. That really gives me a lot more confidence in self and belief. And I think my thesis is self-doubt is the killer of dreams. Right. When we doubt self, it's really hard to do anything right. courageously because we're constantly in doubt mode. Right. So I loved your book about stop doubting yourself and start stepping into your greatness. Yeah. And um, and a lot of people are stuck in doubt. Yeah. What do you think beyond facing fears we can do to believe in ourselves more and overcome the, the self-doubt that we have better? I think not waiting until you're ready, you know, and this is kind of saying the same thing, like facing the fear, but like making sure everything's perfect, making sure you've got all the money tucked away, making sure you're the right weight, you know, whatever, like just doing it now, you know, just do it now and take action now is, is a really big one, I think. And, um, and also, you know, paying attention again to how you speak about yourself and what you think about yourself and what you 
how you treat yourself. And, you know, I wrote a whole section in Bad Habits about boundaries. You know, boundaries are huge when it comes to self-care and self-doubt. And we make lousy boundaries and put everybody in front of us because we want to be liked, yes. and, you know, and then we're passive aggressive and resentful, which is super fun <laughs> for everyone, you know? So it's like, but, you know, really getting clear on who you are and what you love and making that a priority. When did you stop abandoning yourself? You know, I still do it sometimes, of course. I really? mean, yeah, yeah. It's, in it's, what ways do you? Oh, abandon? God. Is it in relationships? Um, is it in self-care? Is it in the way you talk to Not you? speaking, you know, sort of not standing my ground in the moment if somebody says something really crappy, you know? And it doesn't have to be, I'm not, I also don't want to be the personality police, like if Gosh. someone's going to say something, but more just not saying anything, like instead of like brushing it over because it's awkward, just letting it sit there like the big turd it is and let it everybody like have a good look at it instead of helping them recover or, you know, just like in the, in the moment is always interesting to me. So slowing so my mantra for the past five years has been like slow down and shut up like just <laughs> slow down and shut up like i'm you know just listen and just choose your words wisely and you don't just... have to react to everything exactly yeah, yeah. so yeah for sure the That's personality big... police is always... yeah <laughs> it's not your job to teach everybody how to behave no. let them say what they want let them you know and this is all part of my whole like not giving a crap what people think of me it's just like think what you like think what you like it's not my right it's almost, it's almost, you know, in a way, and I've done this many times, it's not like I'm saying I'm above or anything, but when we judge another person because they didn't do it the way we liked it, or yes. they think they should do it, or yes. it's appropriate in the setting, we are being judgmental. Yeah. We are being judgmental. We're not accepting. I'm not saying that's the right or wrong thing to do, but it's just something to notice. Yeah. There's a judgment that's happening. Oh, yeah. And when there's a judgment, there's usually a right and wrong. Yeah. And so it's just, is that serving us in the flow of our peace, our happiness, our abundance, and being in harmony with the world? And maybe there is a time where we need to step up and create a boundary and say something and say, get away from me or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But but it's really more about it's the inside job thing yes. where it's none of your business. Yes. You know, that's their journey. So that's really, you know, and I don't think we ever get there. I don't think, I think it is human to, to judge. To and judge. <laughs> and, you know, and it's fun. Come on, let's be honest. Sure, sure. But, um, but I do think that it's a very worthwhile way to spend your time, like working that muscle and just getting, because it's also more fun. Like if you don't, if you just leave it to them and let them do it, it's, it's, you're not spinning out on it anymore. You're not focusing on it, which pulls more of it into your radar anyway. Like if you can just focus on what feels fun and good and true and just like, let them have it back. Right. How important is healing our past and our thoughts tied to having peace around making money super important because if you're because if you go out and make a ton and you're still weird about it <laughs> right you're first of all not going to enjoy it and you'll probably lose it or you'll right. be you know put it in a hole in the backyard and never spend it or you know, it, yeah yeah yeah, mm. yeah so it, it is what is the thing that people should focus on healing the most in order to set themselves financially free I think it's different for everybody. I think we all are fed different lies and fears and things. So I think it's but figuring out what your bag of worms is. You know, you've got to get clear about that. And I'll tell you the way that I discovered the big kahuna for me, which was my dad, like stabbing my dad in the heart, like I was talking about earlier. 
was spending money. So the way that I, so I did, I did the letter to money. I was doing all, I was really serious about figuring out my stuff with money. And I was at a coaching seminar and this coach was speaking from the stage and he said that he charged $85,000 a year to work with him. And I, he was great and I really loved him and I totally wanted to work with him. And I, when I heard $85,000, because I had been doing all this work on my wealth consciousness, instead of being like, he's high, like what a, you know, but about a million. He's very, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Very rational excuses uh -huh. not to do it. Instead of going there, I went to, okay, how am I going to get 85 grand? Like that's where my mind went first. And that's only because I'd been going to the financial spiritual gym for so long that that's where my mindset was. So I went, how am I going to get $85,000? And I had a vision of my father. And a lot of stuff comes to me visually. A vision of my dad. And he always wore this yellow V-neck sweater. And he had his hands in his pockets. And he was looking down at the ground really sad. And I was like, oh my God, that's it. It's, it's going to kill him if I get rich because he won't be able to show me he loves me anymore. Oh my gosh. It was so profound. And that really was a straw that broke the camel's back for me. It so was, what did you do after that then? Well, it was interesting. I ended up not working with that coach. <laughs> but <laughs> well, I got ended you up, thinking about, yeah. yeah. It, it, but I ended up hiring a different coach for like, a, lot of a couple yeah. weeks later for the same amount. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. how did you heal that? belief around like i'm going to kill mm. my dad if i make a lot of money yeah. did you have conversations with him did mm -mm. you do something internally what it wasn't about him at all it was about me and my perception so what i started doing was visualizing him being so proud of me and supporting me and being happy and like turning it around just being like he's he's going to be so relieved that i can take care of myself because my dad was had me when he was older so it's like he'll he'll feel so rested and uh, and the other thing too that was so funny like my relationship with it was pretty was pretty rough. And so whenever, um, when I started getting, when I started making money and I would tell him about it, he didn't really listen very well. And I'd be like, dad, you know, I just got paid this much. He's like, that's nice. Jenny. He has an Italian accent that I always try to imitate that I'm terrible at. Right, but right. He, um, at the end of the call, he'd be like, you know, do you need some help financially? And I'd be like, dad, I just told you that. And so I'd get, you know, all after the yellow sweater, hands in pockets moment, I was like, it's the only way he knows how to show love. So I could be like, Dad, I just made ten million dollars, and at the end of the call, he'd be like, "Twenty bucks? Do you need twenty bucks?" I'd be like, "You know, that'd be great. Thank you so much." And I could see how much it meant to him, and I get twenty bucks, and everything's good. So it was a really beautiful, mm. and it really healed my relationship with him a lot. Wow. Did yeah. he say I love you? Did he speak? Oh, he always said I love you. Like he was, he was good that way. But he was a real. Um, he just. He was a super introvert and he just was really uncomfortable with emotions. Yes. Yeah, so, he, and he's Italian. I thought they're all screaming and yelling. Right. And I was like, are you sure you're Italian? Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but that was his way of showing affection and that he loved you by, yeah. by this act. And he also was raised to think men are providers and that's how you show. Yeah. Even if you make money, I'm still going to provide and support you. Yes. What do you think would have happened if you would have stopped allowing him to give you, you know, 10, 20, 50 bucks what a really because he feelings. wanted to give it to you? What would have... Uh, it would have really hurt his feelings. Like it really would have made him feel cut off from me. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. 
too. In person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with features and benefits like flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business, 24-7 support from a business card specialist trained to help with your business needs, and so much more. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. So this is interesting because... You don't need someone to pay for you for things, right? Like you can pay for your own life. You can pay for food and dinner and trips and your home. Like you don't need someone to pay for right. you. The thing that I've learned in the last couple of years of being with my, with my girlfriend, Martha, is that it's, it's, you know, I don't, she can take care of her own stuff and she takes care of certain stuff. And there's certain things that I take care of for us. Mm-hmm. And I take care of myself financially in certain ways. But I've gotten to the point where I don't feel like I need to pay for everything to feel like she, like I'm enough. Right. Like I'm, I'm good enough or that I'm right. deserving or worthy or this is my value in being able to mm-hmm. give everything financially. Now, again, and I don't want to rob her of being able to pay for the things that she's made her money. I want her to be able to pay for certain things for herself. Mm-hmm. But it does mean... I get to show up in a different way, maybe not financially, but spiritually with my presence, with my generosity of my words and my, my time, like my thoughtfulness and provide value in other ways, not tied to money. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that can be uncomfortable if we haven't trained ourselves how to provide value outside of money mm-hmm. in relationships. Mm-hmm. And I've had to learn that, and it's been a powerful breakthrough in a lot of ways. Cool. It hasn't been in the last two years. It's been like a decade of me doing this, but it allows me not to feel like, oh, she's paying for her own food right now. I'm worthless. Right. You know. Yeah. Then I'm 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 nothing to her, and I, you know. Right. Yeah. 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 And it's been a it's been a it's been powerful to empower her to be able to make decisions financially. Yeah. Which she was doing before me. She doesn't need me to do that. Right. She was already doing that. Yeah. But to me, I feel like I have to pay for everything. Yeah. And she just has to like, let me provide. Yeah, I know. It's interesting. It's it's more of a mutual providing of value in the relationship, intimately, peacefully. Like the highest currency for me is peace. Yeah. I I would take peace over money all day long. Mm. And she brings peace to the relationship. Mm. Therefore, I don't need her to ever spend money on anything. Just be peaceful and I'm... You've got a happy man. You know? uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh. But, um, and I think that's just something to look at. Like what, how can you bring value into a relationship not yeah. related to money? Yeah. Well, listen, Lewis, I'm cutting you a check after I leave. Like the fact <laughs> that you said that right after I was like, oh, of course it's my daddy's stuff. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is something to look at for sure. What was the best lesson your dad's taught you? You know, he, uh, Oh, I don't know. This is such a great lesson, but it's a really funny line. So I have to say it. But I remember when I think he taught me a lot about perspective because he grew up in Italy, uh, in Naples, and um, he didn't come over here till he was in his 20s. 
And so I did, and he just always thought American children were so spoiled. He was like, oh my God, you whiny little, like, I can't even believe. So I remember like one time, like in college, I was like, dad, will you help pay for therapy? I'd really like to talk to a therapist. He's like, you don't need therapy. You know what you need? A war fought on your soil. And I was oh like, my gosh. okay, right. Good perspective. <laughs> but just sort of his, um, I mean, I think also that you can love in different ways. Like, I feel like that's sort of what he has really taught me, you know, with the money stuff like that was just his, he, you love however you can. And that he really, did, I mean, the guy could not look at me without crying. Like he just, that, really? but he couldn't express it. So it was like, it was re- like he couldn't. And I was so angry at him for so long for not, Telling he, you certain yes, things. Yes, and not listening to me the right way and all stuff. And I'm just so, he lived into his 90s and I'm so glad he did because I feel so good with where our relationship was by the time he passed because I put down the bag. You know, I was like, let it go, Jen. Like he yeah. is doing, doing his best. the best that he can and he loves me. And how lucky am I that I have a dad who loves me that much? So it was really, really great. So I just feel like he really taught me a lot about it doesn't have to be the way you expect it to be. It can be different. Somebody can love you differently than you would love them and that you expect it. And to be grateful as that they do. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. Yeah. I want to ask you about coaching because I've heard coaching a few times. As an athlete, I know the value of coaching from sports into business. I have a relationship coach. I have a you know, health coach, nutrition coach. I have coaching <laughs> in every area because... <laughs> Coaching worked for me as an athlete to get to my goals yeah. and accomplish the dreams that I had in sports. So when I transitioned from sports into life, the first thing I did is look for mentors and coaches to guide me on my path. I don't think I'd be where I am today without having great coaches and guides. Um, do you think we should all find a money coach or have some type of coaching within money, whether that's a financial advisor or Maybe it's reading your book around money or listening to content about money or should we have guides and coaches? Yes. I mean, especially <laughs> if you're not making it like right. you need money and you you need it now, you know, so get a coach. Like I always talk about Olympic athletes have coaches. Why do you think you and your scraggly little trying to scrape it together? Why do you think you don't need one? You know, that's got what got me doing it. I right. was just like, who am I kidding? I've been trying for 40 years on my own and I couldn't do it. Right. Yeah. No, I think coaching, I think coaching, because also we all know what it's like, like when you're saying, you know, how would I coach somebody who's going through what I'm going through? Super easy, right? When it's not me. So that's what a coach also does. It's like they see, they're not in your forest with all your trees. Like they're looking at it without all your bull around it, you know, so they can see it so much more easily. And so a good coach can save you so much time and money in the long run. Hey, yeah. Do you have a coach right now? I don't have a coach right now. Yeah, but I'm still in that sort of incubation. Maybe to I need a coach want. to help me figure out what I want to right, do next. Right, right. But yeah, no, but I'm not scared of hiring them. I mean, I love right, that. Right. Yeah. But it, you're in a season of discovering and reflecting on what you want next. Yeah. You've done so much in the last decade. And, yeah. And now you're figuring out, okay, what, where am I at? Yeah. What do I want to contribute or how do I want to show up? And yeah. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So I'll come to you. It's fun. And I'm still, and you know, I'm still doing stuff. And I, I really believe in not sitting around and trying to figure it out because when you're about to do something new, you don't know what it is. You've never done it. So you got to go out and do stuff. So, try things. Try things. So I'm out there trying things for sure. And I'm, you know, and I'm still doing all the bad stuff. You know, we've got a lot of really cool things happening in that arena. So, um, so that's all super duper fun. That's great. That's great. But just, you know. Live the dream, Jen. I got a couple of final questions for you. Okay. Um, what is the thing you're most proud of that most people want to know about you um i would say that i'm a really good friend 
I have friends. I have lifelong friends from forever and a lot of them. And we're just like a family. And That's cool. I have, I feel like I'm an art collector and I have all these masterpieces of humanity that I just, I pick good ones. That's a great. And I keep them around because they're really important to me. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I like that explanation of it. <laughs> <laughs> You're an art curator I of am. humanity. I am. I like that. I'm telling you, I, like I want that. to have an unveiling, which will just be called a party to some people. But <laughs> <laughs> I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, I asked you this question on our previous interview that was a virtual interview, but I'm curious your thought, your response to it now. Okay. So cool. we'll have to reflect afterwards mm. on what those answers were before to where they yeah. are now. Press your uh, th this question is called the three truths. So okay. imagine a hypothetical scenario. Okay. You get to live as long as you want to live okay. on this earth, but then one day you turn off the lights in this physical world. Okay. And you get to create and achieve and accomplish all the things you want to do. Mm -hmm. uh, but for whatever reason, all of your written audio and video material has to go with you. Okay. From all your books and this interview and everything is gone. Hypothetical scenario. Okay. But you get to leave behind three truths, three lessons you would share with the world. And this yeah. is all we have okay. left of your your words, what would be those three truths for you? Um, well, let's see. Three truths would be the most important thing to develop if you want to really live an awesome life is your mindset. Really develop your mindset and pay attention to it. Um, do the scary thing. Definitely do the scary thing every single day. And have as much fun as you can. Like, what else are we here yeah, for? Yeah, that's beautiful. You have, uh, again, 10-year anniversary of You Are a Bat. Uh, you've got other amazing books as well. You're a bat at making money. Um, you're a bat at every day, bat at habits. So many amazing books. Number one New York Times bestseller. You've got an amazing course, I believe, as well. Coaching course. Mm -hmm, a group coaching course. Group it's coaching so fun. course at Jen sincero.com s-i-n-c-e-r-o.com where they can get that information what do they get in this course and this coaching well i'm doing it live now which i haven't done in eight years and it's so much fun i missed coaching i really miss talking to other people and it's i've been selling it as a diy course for a while but now i'm back in it so basically you get um it's eight weeks long you get and we and what i love about this course is i wrote it right after i finished writing you are about it so i put in a lot of like time management and sort of like, you know, brass taxi kind of thing. And every other week is a spiritual element. So you start applying the spiritual to the tactile. So, cause I really feel like, you know, we talk about all this stuff, but unless you're actually doing it while you're taking action, who cares? So people, it's been so much fun. So basically you get a video at the beginning of the week, you get a PDF with the video. And then every other week you get a 90 minute coaching group coaching call with wow, me. That's cool. That's recorded. So if you can't be there, it's fine. Um, and then, or a guided meditation or a guided um, motivational. That's beautiful. Something or other. Yeah, it's really fun. And, and, a, and a Facebook group where you can hang out with the other people in the course. Everyone can use more, more coaching from you. Ah, you know, thank you. This energy, I love it. <laughs> um, you're also on social media everywhere, Jen Sincero, everywhere on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. What's the main platform you hang out the most? I like Instagram the best. Instagram. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Make sure to follow you there. So if you enjoyed this, make sure to follow share a story, leave a message about your biggest takeaway from this episode on social media and also in the comments below over on YouTube. Um, I want to acknowledge you, Jen, for your journey. 
you being an example of what's possible for people. Someone, you know, your whole life until you're 40, really being stuck in a mindset and, and having the courage to break through through taking action on your fears consistently, through investing in yourself, through investing in coaching, through being willing to risk feeling vulnerable, feeling overwhelmed, feeling embarrassed, feeling like a failure at times, and doing it consistently over the last, I guess, 15 plus years now. So I really, really acknowledge you for you being a channel to share this work with the world and impacting so many people along the way. It's been a beautiful journey to watch I'm a fan of you, your work, your books. It resonates so much with me. So I acknowledge you for the gift that you are to humanity as well. It's beautiful. Thank you so much. It's so nice to meet you in person. You're yes. like the easiest, but you're totally kindred. <laughs> you are like, you're just it's there all day. <laughs> yeah. Um, my final question is what's your definition of greatness? Allowing yourself to be, do, and have everything that lights up your little heart. I hope today's episode inspired you on your journey towards greatness. Make sure to check out the show notes in the description for a rundown of today's show with all the important links. And if you want weekly exclusive bonus episodes with me, as well as ad-free listening experience, make sure to subscribe to our Greatness Plus channel on Apple Podcast. If you enjoyed this, please share it with a friend over on social media or text a friend. Leave us a review over on Apple Podcast and let me know what you learned over on our social media channels at Lewis House. I really love hearing the feedback from you and it helps us continue to make the show better. And if you want more inspiration from our world-class guests and content to learn how to improve the quality of your life, then make sure to sign up for the Greatness Newsletter and get it delivered right to your inbox over at greatness.com newsletter. And if no one has told you today, I want to remind you that you are loved, you are worthy, and you matter. And now it's time to go out there and do something great. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is a message for anyone with high LDLC or bad cholesterol who has had or is at risk of having a cardiovascular adverse event. Merck is studying an investigational medication to see whether it may help lower the risk of future cardiovascular adverse events. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death worldwide. And in the United States alone, there are over 73 million people living with high LDLC. To learn about whether you may qualify, visit CoralReefStudies.com now. Again, that is C-O-R-A-L-R-E-E-F-S-T-U-D-I-E-S dot com.